I'd like to give a little context first for this feast of the triumph of the cross. So in AD, Anno Domini, they don't say that these days any longer, it's BC or uh, CE, common era, go figure, right? AD 324, Anno Domini, in the year of the Lord, Constantine the Great became the sole emperor of the Roman Empire, and that included the Holy Land. So there was a war, and he knocked off the Eastern Emperor, and he became the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. His mother, in AD 326, Saint Helen, said, you know, imagine, your son's the emperor. Limitless budget. Go wherever you want to go. But she's a saint. And where did she want to go? She wanted to go to the Holy Land. She wanted to discover, she wanted to pray at the most significant places where Jesus preached, worked miracles, where he died, where he was born. So imagine, that was the first pilgrimage to the Holy Land, you could say. And um, she went in style, I'm sure. And there, when she would discover these, these uh, sites, I think she just moved her finger to some soldiers in her retinue there and just said, I want a church built here. Okay, so just write that down. And that's what they would do. Build churches. They're building churches everywhere. She found Calvary, the Holy Sepulchre, and that's very close. And uh, there at Calvary, she found discarded crosses. So the story goes, well, which is the true cross? Because St. Helen found the true cross of Christ. So they look for a sick person. It was a woman. And so they had her. It's very practical. The true cross is... Jesus is going to heal her. And so she went to each one, kept on whatever sickness she had. And then when she came to the true cross, she was, she was healed. That's the true cross. And so that was, it was brought out. She had a church built over that, that area in which we now can go visit the Holy Sepulchre in A.D. 335, September 13th. It was dedicated. The next day, so September 14th, they brought the true cross out to be, to venerate it, to just, yeah, put it on display. So that, they did that for a number of years, decades, a few centuries. Then in AD 614, the Persians invaded and they took the, the true cross but only for 14 years did they have it. Then Emperor Her Heraclius conquered them and then brought it back. And then officially made September 14th the feast day of the triumph of the cross, or now it's called the exaltation of the cross. How cool is that? A little, little, some little factoids there. Now, this cross, if the wood of the cross could talk. What, what would 
What would this wood say? When it first lay on the shoulders of Jesus, those shoulders which were ripped, beaten, it would probably have been startled by how it felt received by Jesus, that he received the cross lovingly. He was trembling and weak, but determined, having as well fallen twice, he was quickly fading. And then noticing a man being forced to come and carry this cross, to carry him, and to help Jesus. And this man looked so intently at Jesus, filled with anger. Why was I chosen? Why, was, why do I have to be here to carry this cross? I don't want... How did I get mixed up into this? But probably one could see this cross could see the eyes of anger transform into eyes of compassion and truly compassion because he suffered with Jesus as he carried this cross. And hearing probably words that prayers that Jesus learned as a boy being whispered as he plodded along, so meek, quiet, like a lamb being led to the slaughter. And there, stripping him and nailing him to the cross, something as well wasn't noticed, was noticed, is that he didn't scream like the others, all the others that had gone before him. Rather, he said very firmly, Quietly, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And with those words, there's something that's, that was un- opening up, a something that, that was coming open. Something was changing for humanity, and that was healing. It was love pouring out. Forgiveness began to flow. He promised one of the thieves right then that he would be with him in paradise. This cross that we honor tonight is healing. And it's a cross that seeks unification with each of our crosses. That's why Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Learn from me. We unite our crosses with Jesus. And therefore, our crosses are transformed into salvific, into a salvific power that we we can't understand, but we can have hope because we have placed our hope in the Lord. The cross is forever transformed 
because it was on the cross, this instrument that cracked open the heart of Jesus Christ and unleashed infinite love, God's glory fully on display. And God's glory is what? It's his love for each of us. That's his glory. You glorify God by your sheer existence. He's willed you into existence, loved you into existence, loved me into existence. And therefore, we are part of his glory, of love being displayed. Alexander and Rufus, who were these men? Well, when they introduced, when the gospel, the evangelist introduces Simon of Cyrene, he says, he qualifies, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as if we were to know who Alexander and Rufus were. Everyone else that heard these gospels knew it. Who were they? They were early bishops in the church. And it emphasizes the point that Simon of Cyrene experienced a colossal, a seismic shift in his soul, in his heart of love that transformed him into a disciple, a follower of the Lord Jesus. And Jesus made possible through the cross these words, I will not leave you orphans. I will be with you until the end of 